Thank you for tuning in to Adversity University, and welcome to class. Hey, everybody, it's Sean. Just finished a really informative interview with former NHL goaltender Eddie Lack. Garrett and I really learned a lot of interesting things from him, and I was really impressed with his desire to continue learning. I think that we get into it a lot at the end of the podcast. He has achieved so much in his life, and you know, that's something you could just kind of hang your hat on and honestly, you know, coast through, right? He played, what was it, like 143 games? Yeah, 150 games. And for a goalie, that's six seasons worth. Um, So he's obviously very accomplished, but now he's passed on to the next journey of his life. And he's talking about all these books he's reading and he hired a life coach. How does someone who's achieved so much to play in the NHL think that they need a life coach? And it's, just really admirable that he still is on this path to better himself every single day. Uh, Garrett, what did you think? Well, just piggybacking off of what you said, I thought it was unbelievable. As you mentioned that he's continued to, to better himself as a person. When he got into talking about the life coach, he was talking about how he's going to get that money back tenfold. Uh, just a few things I have noted here. He really had, he didn't say it, but now that I look back on it, he really has a growth mindset. He's always focused on finding a way to better himself, whether that be reading a book every night, um, you know, to help him with real estate or uh, reading a book that helps him with mindset or getting a life coach to uh, help set goals. And that's another thing. He, he loves setting goals. And he talked about how in his goal setting, he sets the standard very high, almost a little unrealistic, but it makes him push himself outside of his comfort zone in order to achieve those goals. And I think it's a great point that if we don't set these outlandish goals, we never know where we're going to end up. I think quoting him, he said, if you shoot for the stars, you know, at least if you try, the worst you're going to do is land on the moon. So I thought he was a very, very informative, uh, very professional, great interview. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Something else that Garrett and I were talking about after the interview concluded is, how people change and grow and develop. So if we were to interview Eddie before his NHL career, who knows if he still had this mindset. It's interesting to think if he learned to better himself every day as his career was going on or after it ended, or maybe that's what got him to the National Hockey League. Maybe that's something he's had his whole life that was just you know a cultural thing from his teams and his mentors and his family. But Garrett hit the nail on the head. You just really enjoy this interview. and a really impressive guy all around. I was really happy that he came on the podcast. I think you just touched on it there too. He talks about being coachable. And I think now in his later stages of life that he's entering the business world and um, I wouldn't say more of a profession, but something you have to put a little bit more of outside time in. I think playing professional sports is a bit of a luxury as far as time spent at the rink. It obviously has its pros and its cons, but one thing he talked about was being coachable. And I think now in his, his later stage of life, he is learning to coach himself and he's finding ways to better himself without having someone telling him what to do. Obviously he hired a life coach, but he's trying to get someone that has more experiences in this real world setting than he does. So he can be a better person every day and he can be better in his profession. And I think it's very admirable. That's a great point you make. People hire coaches, life coaches, athletic coaches, 
even your boss, you know, as a coach to a new member of a team. And those people aren't there to do the work for you. They're there to give you the tools so that you can succeed, give you the wisdom, as Eddie Lack said, to learn from successful people so that you don't make those mistakes and your path to success is shorter. And it's tougher when you're older because it's not always easy to find a coach. You know, as a kid, you always go to teams that have coaches and everything you do, your coach, teachers, all that. When you're an adult, you're really on your own. And the ability to coach yourself, like you said, Garrett, is really something that can separate you no matter what you're doing. He's in real estate now. And I'm sure that he's a much better real estate agent because he listens to podcasts, he reads books, he coaches himself through other successful people. He's not too arrogant to think that he can do it on his own. You brought it up during the interview and we've brought it up on other previous episodes, but surrounding your people or surrounding yourself with people that are going to make you better. And I think to your point saying that as you get older, it's harder to find people that are those life coaches or coaches that can help you on your path. I think it's because you get to a point in your life where I wouldn't say you're the most knowledgeable person, but you gain more knowledge and gain more experience. So it's harder to find people that have more knowledge and have more experience than you do, especially in life. And I think that it's crazy to think about, and you said it, all he's accomplished and he's still so eager to learn more and to be better. He's still so very driven in every aspect of his life to be the very best. And I think it's, you know, that's motivating to me. Um, and I hope that our guests find it motivating as well. Let's kick it on over to Eddie Lack. The Colorado Rampage are excited to announce a player development partnership with Power Edge Pro Hockey. PEP's reactive countering training concept is the type of innovative skill development that will greatly impact our organization. Developing players to the next level is the Colorado Rampage's number one priority, and incorporating PEP hockey into our training will help us get there. Visit their website at corampage.com. That's C-O-R-A-M-P-A-G-E.com. Be better today than you were yesterday and join the herd. Today's guest spent six years in the NHL, where he started 143 games and earned nine shutouts for four teams. He was a member of the AHL All-Rookie Team in 2011. He also won a gold medal in the 2017 World Championships as a member of the Swedish national team. He has now moved on from his playing career and is trying his hand in the real estate world, while also serving as the goaltending coach at Arizona State University. Thank you for joining the podcast, Eddie Lack. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. It's funny because Sean and I always talk about how there's different paths, especially get to the top and no matter what profession you're in. And you're starting in Sweden. So what was it like growing up there and what sparked your interest in hockey? Yeah, so I kind of started playing when I was uh, six years old. Uh, and that was just when Sweden won the Olympics. Uh, in uh, Lillehammer in Nor Norway and I just remember watching on TV and like to Tommy Solo made like a sick like two pad stack save to like what win, win it for them and, and I was like all right like this is a sport that I get gotta try right so <laughs> so yeah I uh, started and 
uh, in Sweden at that time, you couldn't really start with a team until you were seven. So I started, uh, my dad pretty much just like begged and was like, hey, like, can you please play with those that's one year older and everything? So, so yeah, I was uh, the worst skater by far because all like, the other kids have, have, have gone through like uh, uh, skating school and everything. And I was just uh, thrown in there. So uh, goalie was a lot more fun for me, I think. <laughs> I can already tell there's going to be a big goalie connection here on this pod between you and Garrett. Uh, so when, when did you realize you wanted to make a career out of hockey? And did you always know you wanted to play in the NHL instead of staying in the top Swedish leagues? Yeah. So I think that that was always like a goal for me. But I don't think that I like realized when I was younger, like how freaking hard it is and like how, how much work and how much time it was going to take. Right. But uh, I I think that I made it to Lexan and like start start started playing pro oh, oh, pro in Sweden when I was like uh, uh, seventeen eighteen. That's when I kind of just like realized that I might have a shot. As an undrafted player, you bet on yourself and took a risk too around that age, moving across the world to play hockey. I believe you were 21 when you signed as an undrafted free agent. What led to the decision to leave Sweden and how did your approach making the team as an undrafted player? Yeah, so I played three years in Leksand in the second division in Sweden. Uh, and then I uh, went one year with the first division and I, I – kind of expected that I was going to play like at least one or two more years there. But when uh, Vancouver wanted to sign me and they put like a con contract in front of me, it was kind of hard to say no. right? And, 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 and I, I was kind of thinking that uh, as like a European player coming over here, I might like stay one or two years in Sweden, but when I, when I come over here, I, I, I like still have, have to spend like the two or three years in the minors before I get a chance to play uh, in the show, right? So yeah. I uh, felt that I just wanted to start that sooner and, and like get on Vancouver's program like sooner. Yeah, you touched on it and you spent two and a half years in the minors before cracking the NHL lineup. What did you do to take your game to the next level to continue your development and separate yourself as an NHL goaltender? I think that like my my biggest uh, my biggest strength was just that I was like very wi willing to like learn and I was willing to listen and I was willing to put like the work in. Like I I uh, came over here with like with like an open mind and like just just uh, thinking that I know nothing it, it, it was like a clean slate for me like just teach me how to play on like the smaller surface and everything and uh, when I first got over I was like like extremely lucky to have a uh, rolling Melanson as like the goalie coach in like that Vancouver and and he kind of took me 
under his, his wing and just uh, showed me how to be like a professional and 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 more uh, settle my game down a little bit like got me to play a little bit deeper because I'm like a big guy and I uh, skating has never been like the best part of my game but I always re re read the game well and when I played played in a little bit deeper I felt that I saw more of the ice surface and I could 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 more like read the game from back there instead of being too aggressive yeah that makes sense kind of a similar style to Henrik Lundqvist yeah uh, something that I find very hard to do your, your reaction time is a little bit less but you give up a little bit more net so uh, you really have to know where the corners are and Something that you touched on that me and Sean have never really talked about, and we've had quite a few guests that have gone through it, is being coachable. As you yeah. said, when you came over to uh, the United States, it's a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure the style is very different. So just learning the new style of, of the U.S., I think that's a great point to point out is just being coachable and, and listening and trying to learn and implement these new styles into your game. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, I – uh think that like this five years that I spend in Vancouver and with the kind of organization everything like I I just found something that works for me and uh, I obviously wanted to stay in Vancouver but like when I got tra traded and everything like uh, Carolina just wanted me to play like a little bit more aggressive than I was used to and like where I had success right so it it, it just uh, it changed a little bit for me there talk about uh, going from you know playing for different coaches unfortunately hockey is a business and you were involved in multiple trades during your career how did you handle the news of your first trade uh, my first trade was probably the hardest one because uh, I loved it so much in Vancouver and I played my best hockey there and uh, we were talking about like a four or five year extension right and 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 uh, to get like the news that I got traded uh, that that was hard but I saw it at, at, as like a new opportunity and, and like uh, go to like a new place and prove myself all over again right but but uh, uh, in the beginning, it was a little bit hard. I, I mean, just uh, playing in the Canadian market, you have everything taken care of for you. Like, like there's food everywhere and all the time, right? We, we call it the never hungry league, right? <laughs> because like, like their service with everything, like physio, food, like everything, right? And 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 like uh, going down to Carolina, which was more of a smaller market at the time, like uh, that almost felt like going back to the AHL again, and 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 like 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 more with everything around it. But but I I. Uh, Think that I settled in and 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 uh, uh, just with the con con concussions and stuff that uh, that I got my my second year was really uh, un un unfortunate because I think that I could have played uh, a lot better there my 
my second year. Were all of the teams welcoming and helpful with your transitions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they all took care of me, I felt like, and yeah, it was great. As you what were some of the things that leaders may have done on that team to help you feel more comfortable as a new player in the room when all the guys there are already pretty close? Yeah, so, so like what uh, uh, most of the teams did when I get traded, uh, they always had their like top guys, their captains and everything. And like I usually got like a text from uh, a few of them when I did get traded and it was like, Hey, like, welcome to like the team. If, if, if there's anything that you need, right. Like, like that's, that was something that I uh, really appreciated. You've gotten traded multiple times in your career. Did it get any easier for you? <laughs> well, uh, the first time I didn't want to get traded. Uh, the second time I expected to get traded because we were three three goalies right uh, and then the third time i wanted to get traded so uh, i i uh, i do think that it got easier for me but it got harder on my wife because she had to do like uh, when i get traded from uh, calgary to Jersey we had just moved into our place in Calgary and everything was set up and everything and uh, then when I got traded uh, I I pre 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 pretty much had to leave like the same same day right and then that then it was just up to my wife to figure out like with the logistics and everything like are we gonna move all, all our stuff to Jersey or is she gonna stay there or uh, what are we going to do right so back then we actually decided to buy a place here in arizona which was going to be our our base and yeah i mean i'm i'm uh, super grateful for that now i don't think that's touched on a lot in all of professional sports but what the families go through with these trades guys are sometimes in places for multiple years have multiple year contracts and then they have to pick up their entire family a place that they've learned to call home and go somewhere completely different and as you mentioned unfortunately sometimes you're not there for for very long um that unknown must be kind of scary like how long am i going to be here for obviously there's an expectation but as we mentioned before it's a business so you really don't know how long you are going to be there yeah like the worst one i've seen was when Eric Stahl got traded from Carolina to the Rangers. And like, we were all in the locker room and it was like one minute before or one hour before puck drop. And uh, we all just found out that he got traded. And like, he had his whole fa family there. Like his brother was playing on like the team with his family there and everything. And like, they, 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 They've both, both, both been there for uh, so long that that was just like extremely hard to, to see. You were in a backup role for a portion of your career. How did you embrace this role and still do what you could to help the team win every night, even when you weren't playing? I, I 
just try to be a good guy, you know, like, like I, I uh, always wanted to be a number one, but, but, and I've had stretches where I play like 20 or 25 games in a row, but, but I never like, like cemented myself as like a true number one, right. And like, then the injuries and everything came, but, 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 but I, I, uh, first when you first get into like the league and stuff you're you're just like super happy to be there and you're su su super happy to be on like the bench like i'm gonna be wherever you put me right and like then the more time you spend there like the more you want to play and the more you want to be able to help 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 your team out so uh i i was very for fortunate enough to like play with a lot of great goalie partners and like we support each other like there was competition and everything in like practice but once we got to to like the games and everything like we were extremely uh, supportive of each other and like i i remember just before like the sec second season that I had in Carolina that like Cam Ward came up to me and he, he's like, man, like I want you to be the guy this year. Like, like take the reins and like go, go with it. Right. Like, like I've, I've done my part part here. Like, and we've already had one year together where like we kind of fe feel, feel, each other out, 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 right? He's like, just take it and run with it, right? And 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 uh, uh, that was probably like the nicest thing that any of my goalie partners have told 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 me, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's a crazy balance that I think a lot of fans don't really understand. It's the competition within the team because everyone wants power play time, everyone wants to be on special teams in the first line, but you also want those guys to succeed because at the end of the day, they're your brothers. Yeah. 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 And like, uh, practice and like practice days and everything. Like, like I want to be better than the guy across from me. Right. But like once the game days and everything start, like, like you do really cheer for each other, which is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love how you talk about being a great teammate. I think that, that's one of the most important things. And from everything that I've read and seen on social media, when you were still playing, you weren't only a great teammate, but you were kind of a model citizen. You would spend time with fans and you did, you know, you did your share in, in the community. And I think that's respectable. Uh, and not only that, that's a great role model for any young athlete or any young person that you're never too big to give back to the younger generations because there was always someone that had helped us along our path. And it's our, our our turn to give back. Great point. And like the Sedins, I think it was, they always told me that uh, Matt Sandin told them that write autographs now because in a few years, no one's going to want your autograph, <laughs> right? So, so, so I, there's not too many years where you have this like superstar status and everything right so like just do 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 it now because you're gonna feel a lot better later knowing that you did like whatever you could to make like the fans happy 
That's awesome. You briefly mentioned it, and injuries are unfortunately a part of the game. Hip injuries ultimately led to your early retirement. Were you mentally ready to give up the game you worked tirelessly at, or was there a period of time you felt lost? I got to that point where, like, with my second hip surgery and everything, I just told myself that if I'm not 100%, I'm not going to force it and I'm not going to come back. So uh, I I wanted to keep playing, but, like, when I didn't get to, like, the point in my rehab where I could say I'm 100%, like, then I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was battling for the past, like, five or six years like pretty much pretty much every, every game that i played in the show like i've had some kind of hip or back issues right so i had my first surgery my last year in the minors and then when i came up uh, i went through tra- tra- training camp and i think like the first four or five games and then the other hips started to bother me instead so i i it didn't feel like it was worth it with like the time that I had to put in with like rehab and stretching and everything just to be able to get myself back, like to play decent, not even great. Did you feel mentally ready for that? Were you committed and set on retiring or was it hard to to go through that? I know you said that the, the injuries and the rehab, it was really tough, but was it hard to ultimately walk away from the game? Uh, no, when I got hurt and I decided to have my second surgery, I was hopeful, but I, I, I was going to do like a hundred percent to get myself back, but I like somewhere in the back, back of my mind, I like kind of knew that it might be over like I remember that I got hurt in warm-up and I remember just like driving home that night and I was just like crying and I was just like I know that this is it like I have a feeling in my body that I'm not gonna play play again right And, and 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 yeah I mean I I uh, don't want to say that I didn't do everything in my power to get back because like the rehab was like Monday through through Friday like four or five hours a day right so so like I really really tried but but it just wasn't meant to happen. I'm glad to know that you were at peace with your retirement and it wasn't you know the game wasn't taken away from you when when you weren't ready for it. I think yeah. that it would be unfortunate if you were taken out of the game that you love and worked so hard at for so many years and you felt like you still had more to give. So I'm glad to know that, you know, you did your part and you're proud of yourself and you should be very proud of the career that you had. Yeah, thank you. I have heard from other players that it's not necessarily the game that you miss, it's the players and, you know, yeah. the friendships you made. So looking from the outside in, it seems like you and Roberto Luongo have a very good relationship. What did he mean to your career and is he still involved in your life now? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like he's 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 mostly texting me just 
wondering about the the ASU players and everything that we have have here now. But but yeah, we're uh, what he meant for my career. Just like he was the first guy uh, that I saw when I came when I came over here and everything and 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 like he was uh, my first uh, roommate in my first training camp and everything like that and 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 uh, just for him to take that that good care of like nobody from Sweden right like yeah that was so 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 cool to see was he a mentor for you the rest of your career as well if you ever had a tough time would he be someone that you would immediately reach out to because he obviously had a very long career and I'm sure had have gone through some of the similar things you have. Yeah. 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 Like, like yeah, I always talk to him about a bu- 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 bunch of stuff, but he always reached out to me too, when he was going through his like hip issues and everything too, too, too. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think that it worked uh, very, very well. Uh, more of a two-way friendship those are the best ones to have and uh sean and i are similar we have other buddies but we feed off of each other we hold each other accountable and um, it's not a one-way street we learn from each other and continue to build what are some of the cultural differences that you've even experienced since moving to the u.s from sweden the hardest part was to pronounce pronounce jer- jersey because i always say jer- jersey in swedish right? <laughs> but, but no i i uh, think that it was good for me to move to move from sweden to canada because canada is kind of like a middle step from sweden to like the u.s i felt like and 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 uh, yeah i i uh, love living here i don't want to live anywhere else and 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 yeah i'm i'm uh, uh, my wife is from chicago and and and, and yeah i mean we're probably gonna stay here for like uh, the rest of our lives i think where did you meet your wife uh when i played for the chicago wolves yeah are there some things that you missed from back home in sweden uh, just like my fa- family, uh, so I know that my mom and my dad are probably like uh, thinking to buy something down here too. So, so I I uh, think that they're gonna be close soon. Yeah, Scottsdale is beautiful. Garrett and I both had the opportunity to come down and visit. Yeah. It was uh, January for me, so we definitely didn't miss the cold Pittsburgh weather and got to lay out by the pool for a couple of days. Yeah, the only bad thing is the shitty rink, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the Sun Devils, uh, you're now Division One, or you're a coach of Division One goaltenders. What advice do you give to them um, now that they are just starting their journey to hopefully professional pro hockey? Yeah, so uh, that's kind of what what you guys touched on too with like what I missed the most is like the team mentality and like the team spirit and talking about the guys and everything. But I kind of feel that I get that here with ASU and it's kind of, kind of like a, a new bro- brotherhood for me. Right. I mean, obviously it's a little bit different being a coach, but, but, but uh, just uh, uh, 
be a, be a part of like the game still like i love that and uh, uh kind of what i just like try to teach my guys it, it's like i'm just trying to give them like the best possible opportunity to like go pro and like play games in like the uh the nhl and like just get them to like the next level right is that mostly based on routine obviously if you can make it to division one you have the talent um is the difference between you know a college player and a pro player the daily routine i would say uh the difference is just like uh repetitions like the biggest difference that I see from like the college game to like the pro game is the mistakes. Like uh, the speed and everything is there, but like like pro games, like like it's so much more structured and there's not as many mistakes, right? And 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 and, and I uh, think that that just comes with like repetition and repetition and like being being allowed when you're younger to make those mistakes you can grow grow from it and 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 like uh, once you get up to like the AHL the NHL level like you've already gone through that and and like that's the biggest thing that I do feel with college is that like you are allowed to make these mistakes to prepare you for like the next level. I was curious how you ended up in Scottsdale. You ended your career in uh, the New Jersey Devils system. So what brought you down to Arizona? So I just, uh, when we get traded from uh, Carolina to Jersey, uh, instead of moving all our stuff, to Jersey when it was basically just like two or three months left of the season, we decided to buy something uh, down here instead. So we bought our first house over FaceTime and yeah, we still live here. <laughs> sure. The market's crazy right now. Has there uh, been a yeah. lot of buying over FaceTime now with COVID? Uh, not that much over FaceTime. Uh, so I do have a lot of, Canadian friends and clients that are waiting to come down, but but uh, uh, there's still like the quarantine rule and everything in place once they get back. So yeah, we're we're still waiting for that. But but yeah, the market's been crazy hot here. Like uh, a normal home inventory sh- should be around like twenty three, twenty five thousand homes here and we have about seven thousand for sale right now. So yeah, there's there, there's uh, uh, not a lot to choose from right now. Now that you made that transition to working in real estate, what have you learned uh since this is such a different market from pro sports? I learned that uh what I'm bringing from pro sport is more that like uh, I know that whatever I put my mind to, like, I can succeed, right? And 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 uh, when I put my mind to it, and I put all my energy at like one or two things, like 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 I I I feel in my body that I'm going to succeed, right? And and uh, the the 
the difference between pro sports and uh, being a real estate agent is that normally on practice days, I'm working from nine to 12, right? While like now, uh, I'm more working from six in the morning to eight o'clock at night. It's a little bit different. (laughs) The luxury's gone a little bit. Yeah. I do love that you've taken that athlete mindset though. Like you're betting on yourself. You said, if you put all of your energy into one thing, like there's nothing that you can't do. And I think that's something that everyone can take with them everywhere they go. I think that some people think that their dreams are out of reach just because the situation they're in currently. And, you know, you came all the way from Sweden to play in the national hockey league. So it just goes to show, like you said, if you put all of your energy, all your focus, and now you're working 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can get done whatever you really want. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's what I always try to do when I set my goals and everything, too. Like, I try to set them, like, uncomfortably high, right? Like, like, uh, I can uh, recommend a book to you. It's called... Uh, the 10x rule uh, with Grant Cardone, and 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 uh, it it's basically about just like 10xing your life, right? And and like aim for the stars because e- even if you don't make the stars, like you're at least gonna reach the moon, right? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that going back to coaching real estate, you're taking your experiences and you're applying them now for the younger kids that you're teaching at Arizona state, you're giving your experience and trying to, you trying to push your knowledge onto them. And I think it's cool that we have something in, in common here. Sean and I are trying to do that with this podcast. We're trying to take all the knowledge that people have gathered throughout their process and their careers, whether it be through adversity or like you said, goal setting, anything, and we're trying to impart that wisdom on kids that may be younger or people that are even older that haven't had the chance to experience those things. And I wish that there was something around or I had a mentor like you when I was a lot younger to be able to take your experiences and apply them to my life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why we read books. Like, that's why we listen to podcasts. Like, like, like. We want to hear what successful people before us has done, so like we don't have to go through their mistakes and 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 right and 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 like uh, the road for us will be a lot shorter because we will not make the mistakes that they did because like we're learning from them, right? Yeah, something really important that I like to reiterate to people is surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you reach that goal, and you know, yeah, today's technology we're able to talk to you right now, even though you're out in Arizona, Garrett's out in New York and I'm in Colorado, you can still surround yourself with all these great people. Like you said, through books and podcasts, and it's just making the effort to search for something that will help you. Like I started reading a book that, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit like too low of a level for me. And I'm learning a ton of new things and I'm really happy that I started that journey. Have an open mind, right? Absolutely. If you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Or if you could give, you know, the younger kids at ASU a piece of advice on their pro journey, what would it be? I, I honestly, like I, and uh, I started 
reading a lot, like so late. Like I spent so much time when I was younger, just like playing video games and like social media and everything. And just like wasting my time more while like now, uh, like the things that I'm learning and like the things that I'm adapting to my lifestyle and everything now, like I almost wish that I had, had, had this foundation that I had now, like when I first like turned pro and when I first started playing, because like you have so much extra time, especially when, when, when you turn, turn like pro, like you only have practice and like, then you have like the whole day goes by. Right. So, so I, I would like, uh, like to tell my young, young, younger self to like, um, like start learning a little bit sooner. So I think a lot of people are in a similar situation with COVID, you know, working from home, you get rid of your commute time or Garrett and I are pursuing pro hockey. So I'm going to have a lot of that free time. What did you do to start learning earlier? Was it just, you know, reading books and what were some of the things you did to pass that time in a productive way? Yeah. Uh, so I would say like, uh, the changes that I've, uh, done, especially in this past year has been more like read, like read something every day. Like you don't have to sit and like read one or two hours, but like 10 or 15 minutes every single day, like that adds up. Right. And, 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 uh, that I, I did get myself, uh, a life coach just a few months ago and like uh, with the uh, experience that I had and like the results and everything like I love it like uh, the money that you spend you're gonna get back like a hundredfold right so uh, that's something that I like I uh, I read a book about um, cold tub and more like not that much for just like recovery for hawking everything but just like for your overall health and everything like like uh, that's something that i started to do on like a regular basis and everything so yeah like those are like a few things that i can uh, uh, say that i've changed in my life and 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 uh, uh, those are changes that I really, really enjoy. That's a great point. Knowledge is power. And I think that that's yeah. really true. And it's funny you bring up the cold tub. I don't know if you know who David Goggins is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I've, yeah. I've been reading his book. Can't hurt me. And it's funny yeah. how he does, he does one hard thing a day and he says yeah. he loves cold tubs because similar to what you said, it's good for your body's health, but mentally he builds up to the point where he doesn't even really feel it he becomes numb i think he yeah. has that, the numb mindset or a callous mindset is what he talks about yeah yeah can't hurt me <laughs> yeah can't hurt me. great book someone yeah. who i really look up to and he's been through the ringer a lot uh i think that his mindset's a little bit crazy obviously yeah. most people probably couldn't achieve that but if we could try to be like david, Gog david goggins every day i think that we're all going to be just fine 100%, 100%. Like, uh, 
the cold tub book that I read, if you guys are interested in it, uh, it's a guy named Wim Hof. Uh, what's the book, book called? Uh, I have a brain freeze, but but yeah, he's he's a, a Dutch guy who uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in just his shorts in like two days quicker than anyone has ever done it. Right, just just like with his breathing techniques and everything. Like yeah, it's like super powerful stuff. That's something I think he probably went into it the mindset of like there are no barriers. He probably didn't care how other people pace themselves. And I think that our minds almost hold us back. Sometimes I have kind of been doing this thing, like testing it in the gym. Like if I tell myself I'm going to do five reps, as soon as I get to the fifth, like I'm struggling to finish. And if I do the exact same weight and I tell myself I'm going to do 10 reps, I can make it, you know, eight before I'm struggling. It's for sure. It's like you say, just pushing yourself, reaching for the stars because you can't really find your true potential until you try and push yourself beyond what you believe is possible. The brain is powerful when, when we use it the way that it's designed to do. Right. Sounds like you do that in everyday life though, too. You talked about setting your goals and you set your goals to these out. I wouldn't say outrageous, but like you said, they're a little outside of the box as far as being realistic is concerned. But if you're not mentally pushing yourself, then when you get to do it and you set all these simple, simple goals, which is good at the beginning, but the end goal, if you don't have something to push yourself for, you're not really going to do it. No, no, no. And, 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 and like, uh, why not set like a super, super high goal and like, like, like prepare your body, your body to get to that goal instead of setting the goal halfway and like like preparing your body just to go ha- halfway, right? It, it's kind of like the same what you said with like the reps in the gym and everything, right? Like set them high. Well, Eddie, we can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been great chatting with you. We love talking about your experience in the professional hockey ranks and now with your everyday life as a real estate agent and goaltending coach we're excited for you to be imparting your knowledge on the younger generations um and we wish you the best of luck in the future with everything you do hopefully we have a season here if so i'll be seeing you down in arizona state this year and we'll be really looking forward to that i'll see you boys good luck this year thank you thank you for having so much (laughs) see you boys see ya Thank you for listening to this episode of Adversity University. You can follow more news about Adversity University on our social media pages. Our Instagram handle is adversity underscore university. Our Twitter handle is adversity underscore UNIV. And our Facebook page is Adversity University. If you know of any high-level athlete or professional that has an interesting story of overcoming adversity and you think they should share it, you can email us at adversityuniversitytalkshow at gmail.com. You can also use that email if you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Adversity University. We look forward to bringing our listeners more content from interesting guests weekly, so stay tuned on social media to see who could be next and what our past guests are up to now. And with that... Class has concluded.